It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Oh, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. Get out there and play the Giants and 49ers from MetLife Stadium on Monday at uh, Monday on Sunday at <laughs> Monday at one o'clock would be a real weird game time. Sunday at one o'clock as the Giants try to get their first one of the year. The Niners come into the game at one and one. They of course stuck around on the East Coast. They went to Greenbrier out in West Virginia. Uh, they played the Jets at MetLife Stadium last week. So they stay on the East Coast to reduce their travel a bit, and they get ready to take on the New York Giants on Jeff, what we should maybe term the mash bowl because these two teams Mm -hmm. are banged up on both sides of the ball. The Giants primarily on offense, the Niners on both offense and defense. So we're going to see a lot of players in this game that are not normal starters for the 49ers. But let's start with the Giants first. We know no Saquon Barkley. We know no Sterling Shepard. Luckily, everyone else seems to be pretty healthy. Carter Coughlin's been practicing in full all week. Uh, Adrian Colbert, he's somebody that they've been trying to work back into it too. But again, those guys are not major players on the offense or defense. So the Giants, aside from Barkley and Shepard, are pretty healthy. But the question is, how do you now adjust and, and what do you do without those two guys, two big parts of your offense on the field? And now how do the Niners adjust what they do, given those guys aren't out there? Yeah, it's not like you can go for a couple of weeks and practice without those guys, right? You got basically three days to get ready for a game with the guys that are behind them. So, you know, one thing about defenses nowadays, uh, John, with the interior offense, defensive linemen and their rotational schemes that these teams do, uh, these guys do get a lot of playing time. So, you know, but here you're looking at, at Nick Bosa, you know, D Ford's back is out of Solomon Thomas. These are all, you know, D Ford's not a starter, but, you know, they're in the rotation. Um, so now you're going to get to look at some of these younger guys and you're just going to have to rely on them picking up the system and maybe uh, not do as much as you normally would in a, in a regular game where the other guys are so active. And, you know, really for the Giants, um, they don't have a lot of depth at that wide receiver position. Damian Ratley is going to be a guy. We saw a little bit of him last, last game, um, about six plays when Sterling Shepard went out of the lineup. So him and C.J. Border, those are two guys that are going to have to step in and and Coach Judge and his staff are going to be like, hey, guys, you got to do what you got to do. We're at the pros now. You know, you're on this team for a reason, and, and now it's time to produce. Yeah, I think we might see a lot more 12 personnel as well with two tight ends with Caden Smith and Evan Ingram on the field. One of those mm-hmm. uh, two call-ups from the practice squad, one's usually an offensive lineman, the other one I think will probably be a wide receiver this week. they got a bunch of guys to choose from with Austin Mack and Benjamin Victor and Derek Dillon and all the other guys they have down there. Uh, as wide receivers on the practice squad. So I think if they do add a fifth, that's how they'll add it. If they were going to add a fifth, I think they would have already. Though Joe Judge said it is still a possibility and it is during his media availability today. So that's where the Giants stand, Jeff. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. And news broke this morning. Kyle Shanahan had his spot on KNBR and said, Jimmy Grapple is not going to play with that high ankle sprain. He had it practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So it will be Nick Mullins taking the field and being behind center for the 49ers. Joe Judge was asked a question about that earlier today by the New York media. Hey, Joe. Uh, Kyle Shanahan announced it's actually, it's officially Mullins. Uh, your thoughts on him? And he actually played against the Giants two years ago. Will you guys go back, pick 
your some of your players brains who are still around here about that game look at that film or is that too old you need more recent no we use all the resources we have whether that's a player who's on the field may remember something about a coach who's in the building at the time and all the game tape obviously you know i'd say look Nick's a good quarterback, man. He's a competitive dude. He's a tough dude. I talked about earlier, you know, that Southern Miss, you know, mentality. These guys are really overachieving type guys. He's comfortable in the pocket, gets the ball out of his hands really quick. He's an accurate passer. And uh, I can't say over and over enough how competitive this guy is and how much we expect this guy to fight and give his team every advantage possible. And Joe, uh, Jeff, he gets rid of the ball quickly. He's mobile enough to run their play-action rollout game. He's not going to run for a lot of yards. He's got a pretty good arm on him. And to me, watching them with Mullins and Garoppolo, Garoppolo's the better player, but I don't think they're going to have to fundamentally change what they do with Mullins there. He started eight games back in 2018 when Garoppolo missed that full season with that very serious leg injury he had. So in my opinion, this Niners offense is going to look like what it looks like, and it's going to be a matter of whether or not Mullins is able to execute it, and I think he'll be fine. Is he going to be... Patrick Mahomes winging the ball all over the field? No, but that's okay. The Niners don't play that way anyway, so they'll stick with that run first, play action off of that, you know, quick strike type of attack, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Yeah, but, you know, normally we would say, okay, we know a new quarterback coming in um, may not be really familiar with the system. Up, oh, nope. We checked that box. He's familiar with the system, so he, he's been around long enough to understand uh, Kyle Shanahan's system. The other one is like, okay, well, well, it's a new quarterback, so we'll just run the, run the football. Well, they're going to run the football because that's what this offense does, but guess what? <laughs> Two of their running backs are, are most likely not going to play in this game, so now they're going to have to go to a third running back, and Jarek McKinnon, um, who's a veteran who hasn't had that great of a season the last couple years, but... Um, so I agree with you, John. I think they're going to stay basically what they're going to do. Um, that even if Garoppolo was in there, that but listen, that Nick Mullins, he's a, a serviceable quarterback. He'll get the ball out of his hands. He'll find the open receiver. Um, he's probably not going to make a lot of mistakes unless you know uh, Pat Graham puts something in his face and forces him to do it. Yeah, no question about it. You mentioned their running back issues. Both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman extremely unlikely to play this week, which means Jarek McKinnon who let. let Missed the last two years with injuries. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Wilson, who's a young running back that doesn't have much experience, could get the go there. And it's funny, watching the tape, you know, you always think Kyle Shanahan, Jeff, outside zone, play action off of that rollout, and that's what they run. They haven't done that quite as much in the first two weeks this year. And I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact Jimmy Garoppolo had that ankle injury. Maybe they didn't want him moving around all that much and all that rolling out that's required of mm -hmm. that type of scheme. I've seen a lot of power. They've been pulling their guard a lot on some of these off-tackle and, and inside-run power plays. So I think they get back to some of that fundamental stuff. And when you're playing against that type of system, they scheme up so many easy throws and so many looks for the offense that if the defense isn't extremely disciplined and ready to go and understanding what the Niners are trying to do to you, they can hit some pretty big plays on throws that maybe aren't so hard just based on the misdirection they use. Yeah, and, and don't don't sleep on Nick Mullins. I mean, he's got a he's got a big arm. Um he can he's good at pre-snap reads, but they will set up that pass by that running game. And you'd mentioned it, you know, that zone running game that they do, they like to run to the field. Have, you know, so that's kind of their bread and butter, but 
um, they will set that up. And, and listen, the Giants have done well in the passing game. So uh, they're ranked very highly in that category. Um, if Bradbury continues to play well, those safeties just don't bite on, on play action and get beat over the top, keep everything in front of them, they'll be okay. They like to use a lot of motions on their offense, John, with the tight ends and running backs. That's kind of the, the Kyle Shanahan MO to just get guys in a mismatch situation. So you gotta be, you got you to study and you got to be disciplined this week. Now, a big thing to watch today, we don't have the injury reports yet, but we will probably shortly after the show is over. Check out my Twitter account, the Giants Twitter account. We'll have that information for you. We know that the guys that aren't going to play, we mentioned them on offense. The one guy we're still waiting uh, on, Jeff, is George Kittle, who missed last week's injury Mm -hmm. with a knee injury. He's been questionable in practice all week. So that's something to keep an eye on. They could really use him given all the other injuries they have at wide receiver. Debo Samuel's not there. They also have Jordan Reed, who played well in place of Kittle last week. But they could really use George Kittle back on the field this week to give Mullins another weapon to use to try to get the ball down the field with all these other injuries. i got to believe that's probably they're hoping the number one thing they can do is get him back. Now, of course, they've got all these problems supposedly with the turf and do they want to get George Kittle back on the on the turf that two guys got you know IR'd from last week which, or which one by of the way least. not for which, nothing look I get on. it Nick yeah. Bosa was an contact injury okay some dude fell on the back of Solomon Thomas's leg I don't I see know. what that has to do with the turf yeah I think a lot of guys were just complaining about it and I don't know if any any of the guys heard uh your interview yesterday with with uh with Phil Sims when he was asked on the show about the you know the game situations, and I had mentioned it earlier in the week too on Big Blue. Just you got to have, sh- and I, when he said shoes that work, right? You know, uh, Mike Sweatman used to say that all the time to us too. He used to tell us, "Hey guys, get shoes that work." So I think it's more of that, John, than it is the turf. Um, because listen, this stuff is not anything new. I mean, it's brand new in terms of it just being installed. But when you think about field turf, it's been around for a long time now. So I don't think they can screw it up. I really don't. So I just think it's one of those things. But back to our point with, you know, with Kittle, I think he's, he's kind of one of those guys that wanted, he wants to play. And I'm sure that this field's not going to hold him up. But the Giants got to do a good job of covering him because you know he's a big play potential. Big, big play potential. And, you know, you look at that linebacker crew and the safeties, who can cover that guy the best? And they're going to have to do a good job Sunday with him if he plays yeah one of the guy to keep an eye on too is Kyle Juszczyk who's their fullback he will also do some stuff in the passing game he already has a 40 yard catch this year he can catch the ball where he was the lead blocker on I formation play and he continued out in a route and caught a a deep pass down the field so that's something to keep an eye on with him he is a weapon they like to use yes on the offense if you look at Kyle Shanahan's offense traditionally over the years he loves speed Loves speed at all positions, right? In fact, even that offensive line position when he's Atlanta, he went and cut a bunch of offensive linemen if they weren't just big, athletic, quick offensive linemen. But you look at their receivers and Brandon Ayuk, who's going to play, but Debo Samuel, they're both very similar as far as, their, as how fast they are. And then, of course, at the running back position, and George Kittle is not exactly a turtle either. I mean, the guy can run, and he can get up in space and make some plays. No question about it. Their offensive line is intact. Trent Williams looks like his old self at left tackle. How about that? Uh, Mike McGlinchey <laughs> has not looked the best so far this year, but he's, he's a very good young right tackle, and they have all their guys healthy on the inside interior yeah. line. At wide receiver, 
receiver. No Debo Samuel. He's out too. He has that foot injury from the offseason. They put him on IR. Let him try to recover in a few weeks. Kendrick Bourne's been their number one wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk missed week one with a hamstring. He came back last week. He's the guy you want to get the ball in space. He's very explosive after the catch. But nobody you really have to, I think, worry about assigning extra players to, Jeff, at that wide receiver position. What do you position. think about Sanu? I mean, is he is he going to play? Is he? I mean, he hasn't he, played yet. But remember, he was he, he was brought in late in the game. So yeah. maybe now that he has a better feel for the offense, they will. That's yeah. a real good question. I was thinking about that too. So if Kittle does play to me, Jeff, and even Jordan Reed, I think maybe you can pay a little bit extra attention to those tight ends. But you can you can sure. trust your corners because to maybe the, cover those wide receivers one on one. Yeah, because I think Debo Samuel is your guy. I mean, he's 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 the guy you would really have to worry about if he was in the lineup. But I I, I think if you're, if you're me and I'm game planning on defense, uh, I got a George Kittle. If he's playing, I mean, I got my emphasis on him. Of course, you know what Jordan Reed has always done to the Giants' defense over the years. So. And by the way, he looked really good last week. He had like <laughs> yeah, eight catches. I, I think that you know again this this offense that Kyle Shanahan puts together. I think I think that he just he does such a good job at designing plays that that these that will work for his personnel. Um, even an aging Jordan. Reed. I mean, he's had, he's actually he's looked really, really well, like you said, John. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Jeff, and this is with the Niners, I think. Yeah. It's funny. Is... I don't want to say they have their most injuries because I just mentioned four guys that aren't playing on I offense, <laughs> but maybe a little bit more serious in terms yeah. of the quality of the work. players. Yeah. Uh, their defense, best defensive end, Nick Bosa, tore his ACL out for the year. Solomon Thomas, who was a first-round pick four years ago now, give or take, He's out for the year with a torn ACL. Richard Sherman has a leg injury. He's on injured reserve, so he's not going to play. So that's their best edge rusher, one of their better defensive tackles, and their best cornerback. None of those guys are going to play. But if you watch the 49ers, Jeff, and again, they played the Jets last week, and they've struggled offensively. They have a lot of injuries on that side of the ball, so I get that. But they're still very fundamentally sound. They know what they're doing. They run the scheme they're supposed to run the way they're supposed to run it. This is not going to be an easy game for the Giants' offense, even with all these injuries. The Niners are going to make you work for it. They've only given up three passes all year of 20 or more yards Mm -hmm. because they play a lot of conservative defense back there. So the Giants are going to have to earn their way up and down the field. And surprisingly, this Niners team has actually been susceptible to the run game. Teams have run on them over 140 yards per game. Now, the yards per carry is right in the middle of the league. So that maybe balances things out a little bit. But they have not been able to stop the run particularly well so far this season. Yeah, and the run, you know, in the run game, stick there is it, you know, that number, like you said, I think it's four point six or four point eight. I was looking up it. That number is right in the middle of the pack. So there was there was probably a couple of big plays in there um, that jot, you know, that bolted up that total per game average. Um, but you know, listen, these guys are they're a pressure turnover team. They like to get pressure on the cornerback and force you to make mistakes. Um, now, how well will they be able to do that with the guys that you just mentioned out of the lineup? Um, I don't know, but they do pose a lot of threats. They're a very talented group. Um, their their linebackers are fast. Um, they don't give up a lot of big plays. They keep everybody in front of you. And then I'll tell you what: once you drive down the field, if you get a chance to get inside of that red zone, they're good inside the red zone. They're less than fifty percent. So those are kind of some of the things you have to look um, defensively at, at this Note Forty Nineers team for your offense to how you, what you're going to do. And I think the Giants they need to put some points on the board. This offense has got to be able to move the football. Don't turn it over. And when you do get in the in the red zone against a good defensive team, there, John. Win touchdowns. Have to. I mean, this team is, uh, they are dead last in scoring. Um, one point behind the Jets. <laughs> if you want to go there, 
There you go. Well, wow. I remember we talked about before the year, right? The the really strong defensive teams early in the season on this schedule. And I think that shows yeah. in that stat where you knew the offensive numbers were going to be a little bit deflated simply based on opponents. In terms of pressure, the Niners do not have a lot of sacks this year. But if you watch the two games, the both the Cardinals and the Jets were getting the ball out really, 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 really quickly, Jeff. Yeah. They didn't have much of a chance to get home. Obviously, no Nick Bosa is that can help you. Kerry Hyder is going to replace him. Eric Armstead on the other side, he's still a very talented pass rusher. Javon Kinlaw, another very good Young defensive lineman. He was a first-round pick this year that big they dude. got back in the trade for DeForest Buckner. Very big dude. They've only put on about 30% of their downs about league average. Their stunts are about league average. But their pressure rate is a lot better than their sack total. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in the top 10 in pressure rate, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they're a little bit better rushing the quarterback than their overall numbers might tell you. Yeah, and I think if you – I don't know, I don't have in front of me, but, you know, if you get those quarterback hits and pressures, even though they're not getting the sacks, those can sometimes learn into turnovers, turn, you know, turn into turnovers. Hello. Um, and so Daniel Jones is going to have to – listen, I, I think that we all know, John, in this league, if you go back and look at, you know, what, what the success of the other teams had against your opponent coming up, um, offensively the Giants are going to need to use that same – uh, analogy, and that is get the ball out of your hands quickly. And I think that bodes well for Daniel Jones because if he takes those two and three steps and just gets rid of it. You know, one thing that we have not seen, John, um, in fact, I, don't, I can't remember if I've seen it yet, is the RPOs out of Daniel Jones this year. Yeah, we have not yet. So maybe that's something that the, you might see this week where you might show a little RPOs and quick hitters uh, to Golden Tate. Some of the put that in the uh, offensive game plan to take some of that pressure away right away. So, um, you know, their backside, um, you might want to comment on them. I like Kwan Williams. I, I, he's, a, he's a nickelback for the 49ers. I think he plays well. He plays fast. He's a physical guy. Um, but, you know, they're missing one of their best players for back there. So some good opportunities. Yeah, and with the way they've played their secondary, they've played cover four, Jeff, more than any other team in the league. But they played almost all of those snaps in cover four against the Cardinals in week one. And I think they probably played that scheme simply wow. because of the scheme that yeah, the Cardinals Bert. run offensively. So yeah. they played much more cover three and cover one in week two against the Jets. So my guess is that you're going to see more of that style against the Giants this week than, than they used against the Cardinals. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But they don't give up big plays. They keep everything in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I thought Jason Garrett had an interesting cut earlier in the week talking about uh, their defense in that regard and what the Giants have to do. Let's listen in. They believe in their scheme and they play it really well. And they certainly don't give you a lot of big plays. So the correlation between making explosive plays and a drive and scoring is pretty high in this league. I think we've done a pretty good job over the first couple of weeks you know, having some long drives. But you have to mix in some explosive plays within those drives. You know, that's how you score points in this league. You know, the Giants, Jeff, only have two passes of 20 or more yards in the air completed so far this year, which is not a lot. They're both in the middle of the field. The Slayton touchdown was one, and I believe there was – it was either Shepard or, or Tate last week on like a 21-yard pass over the middle. That wasn't really a deep throw. It was kind of an intermediate I think it was throw. Tate. Was I think Tate, it was Tate, right? yeah, and he didn't have many yards after the catch, which he normally no. does on that so play. So they haven't really had big plays, and this is going to be a tough week to do it against the Niners. As I mentioned, they've only given up three passes of 20-plus yards so far this year. So it'll be interesting to see if the Giants can try to mix in some of those explosive plays. But Jason Garrett's 100% right. you got to get explosive plays to score consistently in this league. It's hard to continuously 
to have these long drives. And to your point before, if you're one of those really long drives, you don't score a touchdown, it almost hurts you as it much as it helps you. Bad. really does. Yeah. You know, and you know what, what hurts Daniel Jones, and we know this, is the zone defense. When there's, there's, um, so you may see a little bit more of that out of the San Francisco 49ers team. I, I believe offensively for the Giants, if they can get some resemblance of a running game going, um, I think you might be able to hit a couple big plays here. And I'm not talking about 60 yards down the field, but, you know, something a little bit more than 20 um, that will set up some play action to the guys that I mentioned before. Slayton was a little bit, you know, he didn't have a big game last week, but we look what he did in the first game. Uh, I think you can look more at that of trying yeah. to, to, to get that hookup. Hey, look, and that's the way the Bears played him. The Bears played a lot mm-hmm. of two safeties deep. They didn't mm-hmm. want to let the Giants beat you over the top. And I think the Niners will probably do the same thing this week, especially without Saquon Barkley you know, trying to coax that extra guy into the box. But, look, I think the Bears and the Niners both, I mean, the Bears played more man-to-man against the Giants last week than they did in week one. I think the Niners will probably mix in a lot more cover one this week as well. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Let's go to the phones at 201-939-4513. We have a full bank of calls, but keep trying to get in. We will get to your calls throughout the course of the program. You can also send in your questions during the show to hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If we have some time, we will get to those calls throughout the show. I believe Blaine in Texas was on to start the show. Pearson, we'll get to him first. Blaine, what's going on, pal? Hi, guys. Happy Hi, Friday. Blaine. Happy Friday, boy. <laughs> hey, listen. I just want to say, man, it, it, it things look dreary, but you know what? I still believe in my New York Giants, and we got to stand behind them. We got to rally behind them, and this week is going to be a good opportunity for us because the playing fields are pretty pretty level now. You know, they got injuries. We got big injuries. But you know what? It's time for the other guys to step up and shine. I believe in my Giants. And remember, we lost. We started 0-2, and we won Super Bowl. So I'm not saying that we're going to go to Super Bowl this year, but you know what? It's still my team from sunup to sundown. I'm a New York Giants blue-collar fan. Nice, nice. You know, Blaine, you make a good point, and I'll tell you, it, it's it's a shame because here's a team that's coming off of two losses but played fairly well, right? I mean, you look about how they lost yeah. these games, and um, it's a shame that, that the Giants can't have a, uh, a game in their home stadium where there's 80,000 people because I think that the crowd would really get into this game and maybe help the Giants pull one out here. Um, so you see, you know, it, it's an even field. I think on paper this team it, it is a little bit closer match now that, that, that the 49ers have had these types of injuries. But, man, if that, if that home field advantage was there, I, I think it just gives them a, a, another opportunity. So uh, I'm glad you're there with them in spirit, and uh, I know you'll be watching on Sunday. Absolutely, man. I got my direct TV, so I watch every game. <laughs> direct TV. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, Blaine. Good stuff, my friend. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513. Now, Jeff, you say that now, but yeah. on October 4th and October 11th, you would be sitting there saying, boy, thank goodness there aren't any fans in Los Angeles. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, or, or, yeah, exactly. Now, there are, there are going to be fans in Dallas, though. It's not going to be the normal That's contingent, right. but there will be fans. And, you know, as, as you never know. As, as this whole thing it progresses, um, you know, Teams are getting more and more. Uh, the states are opening up some of the stuff, and we just hope that it'll get back to uh, maybe something. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be 80,000, but, you know, it's like the, the game last night on TV. I mean, you could hear the crowd there. Yeah, and you know what, too? Looking at – no, I, again, you don't know what's happening when they're walking in and out of the stadium and things of that nature, Jeff, but it really looks to me like the, the fans are spaced out. 
very sure. well in yeah. the stands. And again, there could be bottlenecks in other places, bathrooms, entrance, uh, exit, things of that nature. But the fans look like they are pretty spread out. So maybe down the road here in New York, it might be possible for them, or New Jersey, it might be possible for them to get fans in the stands at some point. Who knows? We, we, we don't know anything about that. But you never know if, if things keep going in the right direction like they have been. Um, you never know. They haven't ruled it out. So well, I know still this. I, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, just seeing some fans in the stands looks way better than nothing. You know, I mean, it's just it's just weird watching those things on TV with nobody in the stands. So, I mean, it all started with the first game of the year on that Thursday night San Francisco or um, Kansas City game. You know, they had some people in those stands, and actually, and then all of a sudden, we watch all these other games over the weekend with nothing, and it's like, wow. So even twenty thousand does does look good. So well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no question about it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three again. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. All right, we got Harrison Australia. He just called in, but he's in Australia. I can't make him pay that phone bill, right? Harrison, go ahead, pal. Hey, mate, how are you? It's been a while since I've uh, called up. It's been almost a year since I've last been on the show, so I hope you guys have been, been pretty well. We're well, Harrison. Thank you for calling in. What's on your mind? Uh, first of all, I just want to talk about uh, Daniel Jones. I thought uh, everyone's been, well, the fan base that I've seen on social media, they've kind of been attacking him over the first two weeks. And I think everyone just needs to have the patience of the Dalai Lama for the first couple of weeks. You know, he had no, no off-season. He's learning a new system. And, you know, a lot of these guys aren't healthy. So I think everyone needs to calm down with the uh, tank for Trevor talk and actually need to give Jamesy a bit of a, a, bit of a chance. You know, it's funny, Harrison, you bring that up, because I've noticed the same thing, especially from, I think, the more casual Giant fans. And a couple Giant fans actually got mad at me, and Len, one of our callers, is one of them. Before the season, I kept warning fans for a reason, that these first four games are really, really tough. So when you take a look at them, they were going to go against four of the ten best pass defenses in the league from last year in their first four games. Daniel Jones' stats were going to be depressed. And I tried to warn fans of that heading into this season because opponents matter. Look, does any look right now the Giants have the fourth best defense in the league. Does anybody out there really think the Giants have the fourth best defense in the league from a talent perspective? No, it's because of no, the teams that not. Right. But it's because of the teams that they're playing, right? It the opponents matter. They just do. So to your point I don't think enough fans take into consideration that they're playing the Steelers, they're playing the Bears, who have very good defenses. And and quite frankly, his overall numbers are actually better than I thought they were going to yeah, be against those teams before the season started. And also his PFF grades, I know against Pittsburgh, was actually quite good. Look, I'm a massive diehard Giants fan. I'm, I'm getting up at 3 a.m. to watch these games every every week. And to be honest, I've actually been impressed with how he's progressed. Look, he's learning a new offense. We're two weeks into a season. Realistically, we can count the first four weeks as a preseason, as per se, because there was no preseason. It's going to take time. And I've been encouraged by the signs that we've seen. Yes, there's been some mistakes. Um, for example, that 19 play drive where he held on the ball too long and then Bud Dupree came through and the ball popped up in the air. But he's going to learn from those things. And I just, we just need to have patience for, for the progress that he's going through. Uh, another thing as well, going on to the defensive side of the ball, is it me or is Marcus Golden and, Osh or, and O'Shane Zimmer not played or, or their snap counts haven't been as high as what I was kind of expecting? Like, I know Marcus Golden, 10 sacks last year. Um, I feel like he 
has played half of the defensive snaps, if that, to start the season off. Is, is there a reason for that, you guys reckon? Or Well, I can tell you, and let me tell you, right now I believe the Giants have had 129 defensive snaps this year. And I can go through all the edge rushers for you. Of those 129 snaps, Kyler Fackrell's played 64. O'Shane Zimenez has played 45. Marcus Golden has played 37. And Lorenzo Carter has played, wow, he's played every defensive snap except for two this mm-hmm. year. That's pretty and amazing. So <laughs> Carter's played pretty much every defensive snap as an edge rusher. And the other snaps have been split between Fackrell, Zimenez, and Golden. But Golden is on the bottom of that list. So, yeah, I am a little surprised that he has 27 fewer defensive snaps than Kyler Fackrell. That is a surprise to me. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and honestly, I don't know why. Well, I, Coming I, into the season, I would have thought that uh, Lorenzo and Marcus would have been our, our two starting outside linebackers and had Fackrell and Zimenez behind that. So for Golden to be playing so few snaps, I've just been... Been uh, quite surprised by that. I mean, Lorenzo Carter playing high percentage snaps doesn't surprise me because he's been, you know, he had a really good camp and he's looked really good the first couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that he continues to come along. But I was just, you know, concerned that we're not playing Marcus Golden enough because he was really, really good for us last season. I was just hoping to see him on the field a bit more. So I was wondering whether it's whether he's carrying an injury or whether it's just. Well, you know, Harrison, this is this is interesting now. So now I broke it down now for you to just pass rushing snaps. And it really evens out then. Pass rushing snaps. This is only pass rushing snaps. Lorenzo Carter, 46. Marcus Golden, 31. Zimenez, 24. Fackrell, 16. So in terms of pass rush snaps, Golden's second on the team. So my guess, and I haven't gotten looked at this. I'm happy you called. This is the first time looking at this. Where if it's a passing down, Mm -hmm. Golden's in the game. They might not be using so him on him first in, and second down, but they're putting him in in passing situations. In situational, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, I didn't look at it that way. But, yeah, defensively, I think we've exceeded expectations considering the last couple of years. But as you said before, you look at the opponents, we don't look like a number four defense in the league. Yeah, look, and I think they played really well against the Steelers in the first half of that game. You wonder how much of that was the Steelers trying to get their sea legs underneath them a little bit in the first game of the season with no preseason. The second half didn't go so well. And then I thought they played well against the Bears. I know the Bears scored mm-hmm. 17 in the first half, but, Jeff, a lot of that was because Zero. of second half. Uh, takeaways. Yeah, and then, yeah. Well, yeah second, second half, they didn't give up, give up any points. And they Bingo. defensively basically held us and made us in that game for that final play yeah. at the end. That's and, what kept us in it. Yeah, and, Jeff, the big thing to me is that they had prevented big plays. You have not seen big plays over the top against this well, Giants defense. They made offenses earn it against them. Well, we talked about this uh, throughout the whole offseason, how short it was, but we knew that this team was going to be disciplined from top to bottom. And so part of discipline is being where you're supposed to be and eliminating mental mistakes. And I think that, you know, both on the, especially on the defensive side, like you said, John, you have not seen big plays against them because I feel like that they're just being taught the right way to play football. And I think they're understanding the scheme of Patrick Graham's defense, the base defense, and then moving off of it every week. Look, Kyler Frackrell – did not have the great game the first game, but I'll tell you what, he played really well last week. 
Um, so I think it's going to be just situational football for those guys. Where is it going to be a best matchup for those linebackers that you just mentioned in their play snaps? I think eventually and collectively they'll all even out pretty closely, but I think that, that definitely Carter will be your guy that will be having the most snaps of all of them because he's a beast. The guy's a he's he's a great athlete. He can be he can he can play the run. He can play the pass, and also he's a, he's just a, a thoroughbred. The guy can just go like a million miles an hour forever. So good question, really good question. Thank you, Harrison. Absolutely. Appreciate the call, my yeah, friend. Thank you. You know, too, it might good be a little bit with uh, with um, our golden too. Is that you know he got here a little bit late, so maybe he's still trying to pick up on some of this stuff. But I think you bring up a good point as far as his as his rush statistics about rushing the passer. Uh, he's number two behind, you know, Carter. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no question about it. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you 100% on that. I think it is interesting, though, that they've – the evidence shows that they're using him a lot more on password situations, which, you know, makes sense. John, you know what I'm, um, last year. Yes. I, I'm thinking about now that we're talking about pass rushers that we failed to mention was the addition of Ziggy Ansah for the 49ers. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows how much he's going to play I know. this week. I, I understand. But, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's had some good games against the Giants. <laughs> yeah, the yeah he's made some, he's made some um, game-changing plays, too, for that matter. But, you know, they brought him, they brought him back up. I mean, isn't it crazy to think he was on the practice squad, right? I mean, it's so funny how that, that this year you can say that. I mean, there's no way these guys would ever be on the practice squad because of the rules, but it's just strange that these guys are. Oh, he's on the practice squad. He's brought up. This is a you know a veteran that. Uh, and, and I don't know how many times you can do that a year though. Is it? Do you know, John? Is it? Is it? Can four. You do it? Is it four? Well, bringing them up, yes, four times. You can bring them up four. Bring them up and bring them back down. Bring them up, bring them back down. Yeah, I mean, four you times. you can bring them back up after those four and bring them back down after those four times. But then the player has to go through waivers instead of having that special exception. I got you. Or you keep him. Like, for instance, they'll, Ziggy, they'll probably keep him on the active yeah, roster that's now. Yeah, correct, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Obviously, if you keep him up there, you don't have to put him back down. Let me ask you obviously. a quick question. I, I, sure. I kind of – I tend to like – I never – I've never was a fan of the whole IR for the whole season. Um, back when I first came in the league, it was eight weeks. Um, you went on IR and then you could come back. And then they went with that full season IR. Yeah, that, well, that's because teams are stashing players and of stuff course. like that. Of course. But I, I kind of I like the no, me too. The little three-week uh, kind of get ready because for the smaller injuries where you got to have, you know, just get – it's just rather than keep them on the roster. And, I, I mean, I like it. I do. Because, you know, I, I think that what's his – McKinnon's going to be coming back when? When is he going to be back? Soon, right? McKinnon? I mean, yeah, our McKinnon, you know. Right. 201-939-4513-201. Oh, McKinney you're talking about. McKinney, yes, excuse yes. me. I'm yeah, like, McKinney. McKinney. No, McKinney. <laughs> I'm thinking McKinnon on the, the 49ers. <laughs> McKinney, excuse me. Well, you know, look, he again, should be he, coming back soon. Well, he's eligible to come back. It doesn't yeah. mean he's going to come back, obviously. Right, so. But, yeah, look, I think I think as they move forward, I could see them making it four games instead of Sorry three. I think they made it – that's okay. I think they made it three because of the um, – because that's what the quarantine period would be if you have the test positive, and I that's gotcha. why they did that. Yeah, I could see it being four weeks, you know, because you don't want guys just, you know, putting guys on there just to kind of save in that roster spot at some point during the year because they don't want to cut somebody. So I could see four games being something that makes sense. Maybe or maybe you have a four game IR and you have an eight game IR and you have a sixteen game on IR, and there are different rules regarding mm -hmm. those players in terms mm -hmm. of how you can bring them back and things of that nature. Just yep. in terms of more what Harrison said about these pass rushers, Jeff, I think this is interesting. So um, I'm looking at all these PFF numbers. They track all this stuff. Carter is the one sack. He's got one quarterback, hit a couple of hurries. He's got a 13% win percentage on his pass rush. So four total pressures for him on 46 snaps. Golden has four quarterback hurries, also four total pressures. Same win percentage, almost identical. 
The mm-hmm. Giants' best player in terms of pass rush win percentage is actually Dexter Lawrence at 16% on 25 pass rushing snaps. So uh, they, they kind of have a balanced attack here. Four pressures for Carter, four for Leonard Williams, four for Golden, three for B.J. Hill, three for Dexter Lawrence, then one each for Zimenez, Tomlinson, and Fackrell. And Fackrell's one pressure was that sack he had last week. So they really are doing a pass rush by committee, which is kind of what we talked about. And we'll see how this continues to play out. We've seen Carter make some plays, Jeff. We haven't seen yeah. constant pressure from him on the quarterback yeah. yet. He still kind of has to turn the corner in regards to that. I will I will say that I have but I've been impressed with his consistency as a player this oh, year. No, I think all you around know? he's been very yeah, good. I'm with yeah. you on that. And by the way, uh just so the people, the listeners know, um Nick Bosa's win percentage is in the twenties. So I believe I think you had mentioned it a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think TJ uh, Watt was around twenty three when, when the Giants yeah. played the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, that's so I, that's what it was, TJ Watt. So just to give you an idea, I mean, so you're probably sitting here, well, what is sixteen percent? Sixteen percent for an interior defensive oh, lineman very is not good. bad. It's very strong. So um, yeah, and, and again, remember these are professional athletes. Uh, you know, no one's going to be in, in the high, you know, fifty percent of getting to the quarterback right. every single time because. <laughs> no, I mean, half the time the quarterback's getting the ball, getting rid of the ball so quick. You know, yeah, and he right. got all those things. So I think win percentage might might try to take that out of the take that out of the equation. All right, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Let's go to Matt in Wisconsin. He's up next. Hey, Matt. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? What's up, Good Matt? Night. How are you? Good. I first and foremost want to thank you guys for all the hard work and sacrifice that you brought us fans to bring us this show this offseason. Well, well, sure. well Matt, we, all, Matt, all Matt, 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 we appreciate it. Not a sacrifice. We 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 have fun doing it. We have fun doing it. We have fun doing it. It's hard work, but it's not yeah. a sacrifice. Yeah. No, we enjoy doing it. That's for sure. So correct. Although well, sometimes when Tatino's on here, it sounds like a sacrifice, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't thank you guys enough because it brings normalcy to you know the, your average day that's not going so well. It's definitely that's a great. bright spot in us Giants fans' day. I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you for listening, Matt. We appreciate it. You're welcome. What's on your I, mind? I just have a few things on that Deontay Freeman signing. I'm pretty happy for the signing because he's a proven pretty good durable back and consistent but I also was wondering too about Javon Leak um, why was he cut and not even looked at possibly to bring back where he could actually filled in not only as running back but on special teams because I think in camp they had him as kick returner or punt returner at least working on that well Matt I think that is the perfect example of the media impression of a player being different than the coach's impression of a player. Because remember, they didn't even keep him until the end of camp. They cut him early before they even got the final cut. So to me, they must not have thought that very highly of him, despite his explosive ability for whatever reason. They never really got into the the whys behind that. So that's just something that we're not going to have the answer to. But it's pretty clear that the media had much higher impressions of the player than the coaching staff did. And that happens all True. the time. It really does. It really does. And, and, and listen, you can, if, he was, if he was that good, number one, he probably wouldn't have been cut. And number two, if they had to make you know, room for someone else and he got cut where they really didn't want him to get cut, and somebody else would have picked him up if he's that type of a player. So we'll see. Right. Thank you guys for clearing that up. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
I just want to go to the defense side of the ball real quick, if sure. I could. Absolutely. I'm actually very impressed with the defense so far. I mean, I know we're only two weeks in, and I think we're all shocked at where we're sitting in the league as far as rankings on defense. I don't think I would ever pin them at fourth at week two already, but I'm very impressed with everything. Yeah, no, they're 100% right. I just have a thing, too. I don't know too much about, you know, I keeping the guys fresh with the rotation that they have going on defense, but I'm also a little concerned, too, like not letting that guy get a hot hand and keep it going without pulling him out to rotate him. And I understand the offseason is a little different as far as conditioning-wise, but I just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts are on, on that. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I don't understand the question. Well, I think about in terms of the how heavy a rotation they've been using on defense and whether or not that has to do with the fact there was no oh. preseason, so these guys are still kind of working oh, into it a little okay, bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think that by I think it, that's a good point. I think to have, it goes into it. I think as the games go on and maybe around week four, I think that'll change a little bit. But again, I I feel like the league likes or the whole league likes to have those fresh players. I mean, every team seems to go to this rotational. Um, defensive linemen because those are big boys, you know, and they get they get tired quickly. And I think that because of the no preseason games, uh, I, sh- I I think you are seeing a sense of a lot more of the rotations early in the season. I don't think it will be as much as they they kind of do get into condition. So I think it does make a difference. And just to give you an idea on the defensive line, Leonard Williams has played 86 of the 129 snaps. Tomlinson 70, Dexter Lawrence 69, and Austin Johnson has played. 36 and B.J. Hill has played 39. So it is pretty clear who the three starters are. They're playing more than twice as or just about twice as many snaps, a little bit more than the two primary okay. backups in Hill and Johnson. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks for clearing that up, guys. And I once again, thank you for getting me through the day, and I'm sure I'm not the only Giants fan that feels that way. Thanks, Harrison. And thanks again, Jeff, Jeff, for all the services when you're a Giants, sure. Giants player. You got a heck of a leg on you. Thank you. Sure miss you. Thank You're you, welcome. Matt. <laughs> Good stuff, man. And and we appreciate you, all of you guys out there that listen to us all off season. We have fun doing all that draft stuff and the free agency. Yeah. I tell you what, there was a long break there between like June, like end of May and July, where there wasn't oh a whole gosh. lot going on. We got through it. <laughs> but that early part, especially leading up to the draft, was was a ton of fun and we have a lot of fun doing that for you guys every year. Because, you know, we're learning about these players too. And what I enjoy is learning, frankly, I just like learning new things and getting new information. I think it's fun. And it gets us prepared for these players, Jeff, when we get into into the, the into these regular season games. Yeah, like, for yeah. example, Kinlaw. You, you know exactly what you expect from Javon Kinlaw and Brandon yep. Ayuk because That's we it. talked about them endlessly and watched them on tape leading yep. into the draft. So yeah. it just helps us be better prepared for the season. And three years from now, even though players obviously improve and they change, you'll remember – you know, the base of a player from when he got drafted. Yeah, it's interesting, too, you meet when you uh, mentioned other players and not only just young players, but I was reading today because obviously, folks, when we're, we're our prep week is just like the players in a sense that we're, we're getting ready for the next opponent. John is doing a lot more than I am, that's for sure, because he's on the technical side of things. But when you start looking at it and reading articles and stuff, I saw that Paul Perkins had had a tryout with the 49ers. Oh, did he really? I didn't yeah. see that. So, <laughs> you know, because of their depleted running back situation. So, you know, there's a guy that's still he's 25 years old and, you know, you never know what the 
a guy wow. like that could be resurrect his career somewhere else. You feel so. like he should be older than 25, right? It, I know. I read that today. I'm like, <laughs> is that a typo? But I mean, it's funny how these guys, you yeah. just, you think they're still so young when they come in and just after three or four years later, they're only 26, yeah, 25 years amazing. old. So by the way, we have, we have a couple open lines here, folks at 201-939-4513. We'll get back to the calls in a second, but first I want to play some sounds here. Devontae Freeman, the Giants news running back, did address the media yesterday for the first time. Let's hear from, from Devontae from, uh, for a couple of minutes here addressing the media yesterday. What would you describe to Giants fans about what you bring here? You know, this is a nervous bunch of fans who, you know, are a little anxious about having, you know, a drop-off with Saquon going out. What can you kind of say to reassure them about what you bring to the table and how would you describe your skill set? Um, just, I feel like to everyone is... Um... You know, it's a lot of ball left. You know, it's a lot of, you know, games to be played. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to be on this team. And uh, it's a young team. And um, I'm, I'm happy about the opportunity. And I just think, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of growth for, for this team, for myself. And uh, I'm just here to help contribute as much as I could. And um, be a part of this team and, you know, just come in and, and, and do what I could do, do my best, and um, just help out these guys as much as I could. Um, that's – I think that's the, the main thing. You're not you're not an old back, running back by any means, but how much do you think you have kind of left in the tank? I'm still – I mean, I feel like I have – I'm a, I'm a, you know, football really don't go nowhere. Um, you know, you just get older. Um, and I feel like it's all up to you, the way you take care of your body, um, the way you, you keep maintenance on your body. And, uh, you know, you could be young as you want to be, you know. Um, Words I've seen Jeff Beagles lives by. been around this league for a very <laughs> long time, right. and I studied them, watch how they take care of their body. And, you know, that's the same with me. I'm just, you know, copying them guys and, you know, adding – you know, to my to my game plan and to my body and how I, how I could get better. Two things. One, where were you when you saw Saquon? Did, like, were you watching the game when you saw Saquon got hurt? I think you were on an Eagles visit. Did you have the game on TV? Did you see him get hurt? And did you think immediately like that team might call me? Um, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't watching the game at the time. Um, I I forgot. I was in. Philadelphia, and um, you know they, that was the only game on in, in TV. I was at the uh, at the hotel watching the game, and it just went across the the media, the news, and it said breaking news. Um, yeah, but that's that's when I seen it, and you know found out about um, the injury. That's Devontae Freeman, newest Giants running back. I wanted to give people a feel for exactly, you know, what he sounded like, the type of guy that he is. Obviously, very calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> to say the least. The, 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 very relaxed. Very mellow. Yes, very mellow. <laughs> but that's the opposite of the way he plays, though, Jeff. You go back, yeah. he's a violent runner. Yeah. He can pass protect. He can catch. He can do all the things they need him to do. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they do split the carries up between these three guys. I think it's going to be a th- true three-headed monster type of scenario here. You know, Devontae Freeman's been banged up a lot. He's a, he's always been a guy that's split the load with somebody. I think you're going to see Freeman and Lewis do third down work. I think you're going to see Freeman and Gallman split early down work. 
and you'll get to the end of the game, and all these guys will probably have between 10 and 15 touches or 8 and 15 touches, and they'll go from there. Yeah. I, I You know, when you look at, at Deion Lewis, I mean, he's – He's an older guy. He's been in the league a long time. But, you know, he had 800 yards rushing a few years ago. So, uh, listen, I think that Devontae Freeman is a guy that I think once he gets in the system um, and if the coaches realize that he does still have something in the tank, I think he'll be your everyday guy. I really do. And I think that the other guys will be in the rotation. But I think this team is probably going to lean on him. I mean, I think you look at the way he runs. Well, like again, he has, said, to, John, he has to prove that he can still run like that guy. But that's right. my point. If, they, if, they, if the coaches feel like he can be that guy, um, you know, but certainly you got two other guys that are, that are hungry for the football too. So I think a rotation makes sense. It just depends on the situations. And I think that uh, both of those guys, I think Freeman is, is, is a really good, um, you know, change up out of the backfield to throw the football to because he's so elusive. And so is Dion. So, I mean, both of those guys are, are really good back. And something that we haven't seen, okay, um, down in the red zone with Gallman, because you remember in college, talk about, you know, when we were scouting these guys for the draft and stuff, but Wayne Gallman in college was a beast inside the red zone. I mean, he was a touchdown maker. I mean, the guy scored all these touchdowns. So maybe they utilize him in, in that capacity again, trying to get him some scores because the Giants certainly need to score. Hey, look, they're strong. They're powerful. Gallman, he's a one-cut runner. He's a guy you could certainly use in that area of the field. 201-939-4513. Scott in New Mexico has been holding the longest. Scott E. Hi, guys. How are you today? What's up, Good. Uh, I have uh, two criticisms. Uh, but before I get to that, I wanted to give one compliment. Whoever put the Joe Judge review uh, segment together did a great job uh, because I didn't know a lot about Joe Judge, but from watching that little segment each week, you learn a little bit more about how his coaching philosophy actually works. Now, are you are you talking about the um, Joe Judge the Re- Joe Judge report? report? Yeah, yeah, great yeah. show. Yeah, he does a great job yeah. with that. So whoever did that, kudos to that person whoever put it together because it really is an interesting show to watch. Uh, my two criticisms are this: one's on the defense, one's on the offense. Uh, I know the defense has improved, uh, but if you look at third down conversions given up, the opponents have attempted 31. They've converted 17. No, you're right. That's a problem. That's 54%, which puts the Giants, I think, 31st in the league. And I was wondering, it gets to my segment about the three guys you were talking about, Tomlinson, uh, Dexter Lawrence, and uh, Williams. Are they doing – I know they're rotating, but – don't they depend on those three guys to really sort of lock down that third down, you know, uh, conversion rate, uh, as well as some of the other guys that have to no, come up on see, the line? No, see, I disagree. I think those guys are actually most valuable on first and second down when teams are trying okay. to run first. So I think that's where the and the Giants' first down defense has actually been really strong this year, and I think that's actually one of the red flags, Scott, with the defense. I think you bring up a great point. That third down percentage, which is the third worst in the league at almost 55%. Only the Titans and the Raiders are, are worse right. than they are. Now, it's a small sample size, obviously. Right. But it, that's where you start, okay, well, these are the downs where teams know they have to throw it. The Giants know they're going to throw it, but they're getting first downs anyway. And I think when you look at the first two opponents, even though the Steelers have a really good offense, both the Bears and the Steelers are really run-heavy teams on first down. And by the way, so are the 49ers. They're, I believe, top six team in terms of run percentage on first and 10, over 60%. So it's going to be a similar attack this week. I'm curious to see how this Giants defense handles teams like the Rams and the Cowboys that maybe will be a little bit more pass-heavy on early downs. And then 
the formula might change a little bit in terms of how this looks. I think the Giants will do well against teams that run early because of those defensive linemen like you mentioned. But those pass-heavy teams on early downs, that's where it might get a little dangerous for the Giants. Okay. And my criticism on the offense is, to me, and this is just my opinion, it seems very pedestrian. I don't see any end-arounds or flea flickers or opening up the offense in any way. Oh, uh, uh, Scott, Scott, Scott. They ran an end-around to Sterling Shepard last week. The first week they ran a play-action pass and a fake reverse to Sterling Shepard and got okay. a screen pass to Ezekiel Elliott for like a 40-yard gain. Okay, so they are doing it because I was just watching them, you know, for the two games. I didn't see enough of that. I was hoping that they were going to open that up, especially against a wounded team like San Francisco. Well, they might. Which, yeah, and not that, here that was why I was <laughs> asking the question. No, no question about it. I think part of it, though, is that the, 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 the type of defense that the Bears and the Steelers play makes it a little bit more difficult. And it's hard to bring out a lot of those gadgets, too, when you can't run the ball at all. And the right. Giants struggled so much running the ball on early downs. You bring those plays out, Scott generally on second and short, you know, second and three, things like that. You aren't going to bring those out on second and 12 and second and 13. So you have to put yourselves into better down and distance where you can execute those plays, and they're more useful because teams will be more susceptible to falling for whatever misdirection you're putting out there. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the insight. Oh, thanks for the call, Jeff. Yeah, you too, Thank Scott. You. Thanks for the call. Jeff, you Is think that... that's fair, right, in terms of using – Oh, Using okay. those those types of plays, you have to put yourself in the better downs and distances to to use those. A hundred percent. I and I, I but I, I disagree with with what he's saying about the criticism as far as the place. I mean, just you, listen. Creativity is all part of football, but you can't be you know you can't be so over creative that you just shoot your foot yourself in the foot every game, right? I mean, so I mean, there's there's you got to have players to make those plays. Um, and I think you design plays to get guys the football in certain ways. Now. Uh, your opponent is going to do that against you this week. Uh, that offense for the 49ers create problems with all kinds of different looks that they're going to give you week in and week out. So you got to be prepared for it. And, um, you know, and they, and they, they have to practice them. Those, those gadget plays, if you will, that Steve is talking about, um, you can't, uh, or Scott, excuse me, you can't, those, you have to practice and practice and practice those things. Just like screens, John. Yeah. You watch how many times these guys practice screen work during the week? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, it's Jeff, a, I, will, I will say this. I do think I would like to see some more downfield shots. And that's something Jason Garrett talked about himself in that cut that I played, right? So well, he understands yeah, you, you, heard need, what he said. you need more chunk plays. So I would like to see a couple more shots down the field. The Giants haven't just really attempted Run many the football. deep throws. Run the football. If you can, if you have success in the running game, the Giants have not had success in the running game to set up any type of play action to take those types of shots, John. So I mean, these guys are just pinning their ears back because they just they're they're just they're basically you know they're daring you to run the football yeah, because well, it's like you know we're going to stop it. With that said, horrible. they've only attempted two passes of twenty or more yards in the air all year. Yeah, that's not a lot. No, I see what you're saying. We go out a shotgun and just you know okay, um, yeah. So where where does that come from? Is that the lack of confidence in Daniel Jones? I think it's a couple things. I think, one, it's the pressure on the quarterback, so you've got to avoid some of those deep dropbacks. I think they have faith on Daniel to make those throws, but will the offensive line give enough time to let those routes develop down the field? I think that's one. I think the second part of it is the type of defenses that you've seen the first two weeks where the Bears and the Steelers both play a lot of zone, and zones are – you know, designed to keep plays in right. front of you, which dictates a shorter passing game. So I think there are reasons for it, but I, to, to Jason Garrett's point and in the cut that we played, I do think you'll have to try to make some more explosive plays down the field to get this Giants offense rolling a little bit. 
Well, okay, so let's look at this. Um, let's go personnel on it, okay? And by, so, the way, and by the way, this is not a great week to, to try to do that either because the Niners are just as good as other teams in terms of preventing those types of plays. And Ratley and C.J. Board, are, are, they're big receivers. They're big receivers. Um, and you got a couple six-foot-four guys in the practice squad, so if you want to have some big guys that run down the field and, and get down there and, and, and have some size. Well, Slayton and Ingram, too. I mean, those would be the, your, your two guys, Slayton down the seam and, yeah. and Slayton down the sideline, yeah. right? I mean, Ingram I, down the seam and Slayton down the sideline. We haven't seen an opening play. Like, remember that? Remember Eli used to sometimes in the opening play of every, you know of a game, they would just, just take chuck a chunk it right? down, yeah. just <laughs> chuck it down the field, right? And two things can happen: either you three things yeah, actually, well. incomplete, okay, or maybe you get a penalty, or maybe a completion, or and once in a while an interception, or an interception, so. right? <laughs> <laughs> once in a while. All right, yeah. oh, Jeff, I got three calls. We got five minutes. Let's get everybody Let's go. in. Knock them out. Charlie's been holding the longest. Chuckles. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. All right. Hey, um. Hey, I don't think this defense is getting any better until we can stop a team before the two-minute warning and the halftime and march all the way down the field and score. When we stop them from doing that, then I'll say this defense has improved. Okay. I hate, okay. That's the worst thing I hate seeing every darn time. We've done it for the last three or four years. Well, again, to, and, and again, Jeff, Charlie, to the point I made before, when you know the other team's going to throw and they know they're going to throw, you have to be able to stop them. And you're right. So far, the Giants have not been great at the athlete this year. I think that's fair. Yeah. And, uh, Jeff, uh, why don't you break down the 49ers special teams for us? I'm assuming they have a good special team. No, they're good. Uh, they're real good. And uh, they're punters and they're kickers, but I don't really know much about it. And I'll take it off the air, guys. So Thank you, you Charlie. Well, listen, I, I go with, you know, Coach Judge in his press conference, I think it was on Wednesday I was listening to, and he was, you know, there's a guy that's going to, and I love it because there's a head coach that pays a little bit of attention to the special teams. A little bit? Analogy. I mean, every week now we're getting a dissertation on this special team. I love it. Um, but, the, but, you know, good core, very good specialist. Robbie Gould is their kicker. Remember Robbie? Uh, that name should ring a bell. Um, and then they have uh, Winis Winiski is their, is their punter, young guy. So um, they have good gunners, and they set up their field position by their good specialists. So um, just those are some of the things that you can look in the, in the, on special teams for the 49ers. Um, but, again, they have really good specialists, and Robbie Gould is a good kicker, really is. Let's go to Chris in New Jersey. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jeff. Hey, uh, John. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, question and then a question for Jeff. Sure. You know, I, I understand Ballantyne, you know, he, he wasn't uh, that successful in the slot last year. and He was fast-tracked on the outside because of uh, Beal and Baker. And I, I know he, you know, he sat down um, last week after, after that touchdown. Do you, do you feel like this weekend, I mean, are we, if he's replaced, I mean, are we, are we more or less looking at Yedem, Love, or Ryan to possibly take that spot on the outside? I think Yadam. Yeah, I think right now it's Yadam. Um, I think Yadam, Yadam, uh, Yadam, whatever. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think, I think that's the guy they try first. But again, he didn't have a ton of success when he came in in the second half last week either. So I still think it's an open competition. I haven't seen any evidence in games or in the scrimmages of Julian Love and Logan Ryan being used on, at outside cornerback. So I think maybe down the road that's an option. And again, they don't let us out of practice. Uh, during the season, so we can't tell what they're doing now. I think right now it's Yadam and it's Ballantyne, and let the best man win. And if, if Yadam starts this week, and I have no idea who's going to start, if he starts this week, he plays poorly. You might see Ballantyne back in there again. You know, sure. I just don't know. 
Yeah, and that's what I appreciate about Judge. It looks like he pulls the trigger if things aren't working out, where, you know, the last couple coaches, they kind of let it ride out. So I appreciate Judge, you know, uh, pulling the trigger when, when it's not working. Hey, I know you, you guys got to run, but, Jeff, I've been meaning to ask you this question for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you, you've, you know, all the awesome stuff that you always talk about, uh, you know, from the placehold in the, in the championship game and, um, you know, obviously the, the great kicking that you do or punting. I want to bring you back to 2005, Jeff. What was going through your mind? When Jay Feely, I think he might have pulled the hamstring, and it was against the Dolphins, and they asked you to come in and kick that extra point. And, and I believe you may have missed it. But uh, what was happening on the sideline when that happened, and they grabbed you? Were you warming up on the sideline? Just can you talk us through yeah. that? what happened? There? Well, it was, I tell you, it wasn't and Jay thanks, Feely. Guys, I'll take it, it wasn't, off the air. It, Thank it you. Wasn't, Appreciate it. It wasn't Jay Feely. It was um, the, the – who's a kicker he kicked for Atlanta forever, John? Um, it was oh, here. Matt Bryant? Matt Bryant. It was Matt Bryant. See, Jeff it's, still still doesn't remember the names of the guys he played with. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count as a loss, by the way. You're not putting that one on me. But I, what was going through my head was I couldn't wait. I was like all my career I wanted to kick a field goal because um, I had done it in practice. I'd you know, never done it in a game. And, you shanked and it. I did not. I I don't want to say shanked it. I just I just I missed it. And it, and it, it, was, an, it was basically it was a 21-yard field goal, which, which equated uh. to an extra point wide right. And uh, but I got to kick off then because he hurt his hamstring the next, uh, you know, that uh, opened up the half. I was, I squibbed it down there. But, yep, oh for one, oh for one on field goals. So you that, so you never had another field goal attempt the rest of your career. Never, never. Oh, that's too bad. All right. Let, let's wrap up the show in Mark in Chicago. Mark, what's Hi, Mark. up? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. I had a few comments. I'll narrow it down to two. Thank you. I know everyone wants wins. The Chicago game, you know, we wanted to win. But in my mind, it was sort of refreshing that we were playing for a come-from-behind win as opposed to trying to hang on to a lead. And how many times in the last three to four yeah. years had a we couldn't stop a nosebleed? We couldn't stop a nosebleed. And we knew we were going to lose. So in my mind, that's improvement. As little much as it is that we didn't win the game. Well, in fairness, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure you're looking to be trailing late in games rather than, lo- well, rather than leading, Mark, yeah. but I see your point. But I also, if you I understand, understand talk about something that's changed a lot. I know we're running short on time, yeah. but if you look at the clock yeah. management and the way that that game was managed towards the end with the timeouts that Joe Judge did, that's a nice, refreshing uh, thing to see, too. Gave him a lot of time on but, the clock to be able to get that drive and, and having a chance to win the game. And I'm glad you brought up clock management, Jeff, because that brings me to my second point, and that I think that that scenario with the punt where we had to take the penalty uh, in the second quarter – to me, was a coaching mistake. Because if I remember correctly, and this has just been grinding on my gears here, and I just want to get it off my chest, we lost 15 seconds off the clock, and then we used a timeout. So how would you like to have that 15 seconds back in that timeout at the end of the second quarter to have another play, and then you're not kicking a 57-yard field goal? And then combine that with the fact that at the end of the game, all we would need is a field goal and not a touchdown. So to me, you know, you know, it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda, and you never know what's going to happen. But those are the kinds of things, scenarios that can happen. I just think that, you know, hey, uh, you know, Judge is a new coach, and you know, uh, you know, he's fifty-fifty in time management right now. In my, in my thought. So, <laughs> anyway, appreciate it, Mark. Thank you, yeah, pal. Thank you. Keep that running total for the end of the year. I'd like to see it. I, I will tell you one thing. Um, one thing that Joe Judge has going for him, he's got a lot of head coaches that have played in the, that have coached in the National Football League yep. at that level, that are in the headsets probably saying, hey, Joe, Joe, you might want to do this or you might want to do that. So hopefully that'll that'll be something good that turns out on the positive side of clock management this season. All right, Jeff, final thoughts to me. This is one of these close games. First one to 21 or 24 points is going to win. 
And whichever team makes fewer mistakes, to me, the team that beats themselves is the team that loses this game. I don't see either team making these huge, big, explosive offensive plays up and down the field. It's going to be a grinded-out type of affair. And whichever team plays more solid, better, complementary football is the team that's going to walk out with a win. Yeah, I think the Giants have a great opportunity to win. I mean, they are at home. That does mean something. Um, the other thing is, is that this team has played well to back-to-back weeks, good enough to win these the games. They didn't, but there were some good things about it. And I think that when you look at turnovers, that's what this team has got to do. They have to eliminate those. Don't get down. Don't shoot themselves in the foot early. Um, John, I think that the offensively, the Giants have to try to set up some sort of a running game so they can set up their passing game from that. And defensively, do not give up big plays uh, to to, McKen- to um, Kittles and be really and be really good disciplined defense. <laughs> You know, so what was I say? Well, what does I say? I was going to say Corey. I was going to say Kittles, like the basketball player. Carrie right? Kittles, 49ers tight end. Carrie Kittles. <laughs> you, know, you just love it when I do I, this, right? I do. You, I mean, it's actually, it's it's, it's very funny to you. I, I think I actually maybe need to create a second Jeff Beagles game where I email you <laughs> Coming names. Coming up with different names? No, yeah. I email you names and I make you try to pronounce them on the Carrie air. Carrie Kittles. Fun. Carrie Kittles, by the way, is he used to be a member at Ridgewood Country Club. That's why when I said to Kittles. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so that's he, why that name That's funny. Up. So I got Fegels here who played golf with Kittles. I got Papu just walked in. He called Kerry Kittles games for the Nets back in the day. So we have a lot of Kerry Kittles connections. Jeff, good stuff, my friend. Enjoy the game. Thank and you, John. You can find Jeff this weekend. Yeah, you too. We can find Jeff Fiegels on the Giants pregame show on WFN eleven thirty on Sunday previewing Giants and 49ers. We'll be back with Big Blue Kickoff Live on Monday at noon. For Jeff, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you then. It was all brought to you by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Stay safe, everyone.